DJ and PK brought to you by Zero Res. A clean home is a festive home, and Zero Res has a deal for you. $33 per room for carpet cleaning. Schedule at least three rooms. Get an extra room clean for free. Schedule with Zero Res today. Call them at 801-288-9376. All right, the Utes are coming up. We're going to hear from uh, running back Ty Jordan coming off a 167-yard performance and from tight end Brand Keithy in this segment. Then we'll take a break. We'll have Kyle Whittingham coming up at 830. PK, the takeaways from the Oregon State game, a couple of the positives. The turnover fest. After nine and two games, they had zero. So that was a positive. And Ty Jordan wondered who the running back was going to be, and the freshman has come out and run for 167 yards on 27 carries. So those were the two highlights from the game. And then the lowlights were kicking field goals, three field goals when they could have had three touchdowns early in the game. And Brant Keithy getting missed on a couple of those possessions. He was open. The ball came his way, sort of, errantly, and was incomplete. I mean, it's not like they missed him and they threw to the other side of the field. I mean, they threw it somewhat towards him, just not, you know, catchable. I think that uh, there's a couple other things I would add. The fact that they played a game is a highlight because you just can't take that for granted. And uh, uh, Britton Covey, back on the field, healthy. He's so exciting, such a great kid. He's an old man now. People are making fun of that. <laughs> and he's going he's gonna to have fun with it too because he's got a great sense of humor. Uh, I, I'm going to say this, pound for pound, he's the most exciting player in college football. Thank you. Patrick Bullerjack. <laughs> pound for pound. Who are we getting, Yuck? Keithy. All right, Brent Keithy, tight end. Here he is with the media. Hey, Brent. I know that uh, throughout the you know first three three games, especially after the first two, Kyle Whittingham mentioned how they wanted to get you more involved at, uh, within the offense. Do you feel like you're now getting more involved, and and how 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 much progress do you guys think you guys are making on offense? Yeah, I feel like I'm getting more involved, and I just think the whole offense needs to be more involved, not particularly me getting more touches, but just I think everybody needs the receivers, more running backs. Just I think everybody needs a little taste of just the ball and just getting more touches, and I think the offense is improving. Um, you saw in the red zone we didn't really execute very well, but um, I think it's getting a lot better, and this week I think we're going to tighten things up. Next, we'll go to Josh Furlong, KSL.com, followed by Josh Newman from the Salt Lake Tribune. Brent, obviously before the season started, everybody talked about how Coach Ludwig wants to just give whoever's really, I, I think, you know, the word that has been used is, is feeding the ball more. Uh, you, you and Ty Jordan got the bulk of, of the touches or the, or the catches on Saturday. How do, how do you... How do you guys decide um, how that ball is distributed or is it just you're open and so it's something that Bentley can can find you guys with? Uh, I, I don't know how it's decided. Um, Coach Ludwig just schemes up every single game and he decides each play. And it's not particularly who – I don't really know how it works, but he just designs the plays and he just gives the ball to the guys. <laughs> I'm following up on that real quick, but is there, you know, what's it like to get more guys involved? Not obviously you want to get the ball as much as you can, but what, what does that do for you guys when you're able to get more guys involved? It spreads out the offense and they can't really key on one or two guys. They have to key on the whole offense. And I think that really helps because they want to key on one player and that means it leaves one-on-one matches for everybody else. Next we'll go to Josh Newman, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Brent. Good morning. Good morning. Um, you know, you mentioned some of the red zone stuff. Um, Kyle on Saturday night sounded pretty frustrated with, you know, with how some of the red zone 
execution played out. What were you seeing on, on some of those red zone plays in the first quarter that, you know, ended up in field goals, but they probably should have wound up in touchdowns? Uh, you can't really look back on it, but just going through the multiple plays, uh, a lot of blown coverages. And I think everyone really knows what happened, so there's really not much going into it. <laughs> yeah. Next, we'll go to Trevor Allen. You guys are now uh, moving on to play the Buffs. I mean, what do you what do you see from their defense? They have a pretty good linebacker, but uh, what do you, what do you see from from their overall defense? Yeah, they're a pretty solid team. They're undefeated, so uh, I think it's going to be a good game, tough matchup. But um, I think we're ready to go to work. Do we have any more questions for Brand? We'll go to Josh Furlong. Brand, there was some kind of going off of Josh's question, but there was some some obvious misses. What what were some of the miscommunications maybe with that first touchdown with you and Bentley? Um, just w was it the route or was it, you know, just something that, that kind of the, the ball didn't get to you as well as you maybe hoped for? Um, he, I don't think it was the route. I think he was just on his back foot. And I think if you ask any quarterback throwing off his back foot, it's kind of a hard throw. So I don't really blame Jake for it and can't really look back on it. So there's no point in dwelling on it. Okay. Thank you very much, Brent. All right, there is Brant Keithy, the tight end. He really didn't want to go into it. In the moment, PK, you could obviously see the frustration, but there's no point in going, I guess, on the Zoom call and beating up your uh, quarterback, and you want him to throw you the ball next week. He so. sucks, man. How could he not get <laughs> yeah. me? I was wide open, I, I, man. No, no, there's no, there's really no point in doing that, Brant Smart. It seems to be enough. a recipe for disaster. Yeah, like, well... <laughs> He's looked at the film too, and he's like, "Yeah, the body language was a little demonstrative." There's no, but there's no point in me going back and uh, you know pouring salt in that wound. So, well, there's a little bit of a talent issue there. So, what are you going to do? I mean, the kids out there trying to complete passes. It's like Jerry Sloan. Nobody's trying to miss shots. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> Quarterbacks want to throw touchdown passes. They really yeah. do. It's pretty universal. All right, the kid wants to play in the NFL. This is his audition. It might be his final audition. And he missed Keithy. He missed him. He was open. He missed him. Twice. Yeah, so, I get it. Yeah, it stinks. It happens. It does. But he's watched the film, and he saw himself turn around, and he saw the body language, and we all knew what that meant when we were watching on TV. Okay, it's real emotion in the moment. But the offense was better. No turnovers. Well, Move the yeah. ball. Settle for field goals. That I mean, that's going to stick with you, but... There's an interesting thing, and, and Kyle basically called out Andy Ludwig, and this is emblematic of the program. I don't know how else to say it because he said in the second half the play calling was vanilla. And believe me, they've had enough play callers that I've spoken to off to the side over the years to where, well, yeah, well, yeah, if we turn the ball over and lose the game. Uh, so it's the inherent dilemma that no matter who the play caller is uh, with the University of Utah, that that's going to be a problem. What do I call? Because if we turn the ball over like we did in the first two games, we, we may lose this game, and we can't lose this game to an Oregon State team that has a backup quarterback and a third-team running back. I mean, come on, man, and they're decimated, and we're 0-2, so I'm going to call it conservatively because I know that's what the boss wants because if I try something fancy and he gets turned over, well, man, he's going to be in my face. And so I've had – play callers tell me some of the stuff that he said to them during the games. <laughs> so 
it, the play calling didn't bother me as much because they're running the ball. And there, there were three possessions, but one of them sticks with me. They got first and 10. They're at their own end of the field. I don't know. They're at the 25 or 30, whatever. On first down, they run for nine yards. Okay, the O-line's got it going, right? They've been running the ball the whole bleeping game. They got 200 yards of rushing. Ty's got 167. So on second and one, just drop the hammer, go right back at him. And the left side of the line just gets pushed into the backfield. Jordan can't get back to the line of scrimmage. So it's third and one. You're like, well, it was one bad player. We're going to let Oregon State off the hook when we've been hammering all night? So they run again on third down. The left side of the line gets blown up again, and it's fourth down, and now you're vanilla and you were sitting on the lead. But, man, when you've just run for nine yards on first down, don't you think if we get two shots at it, we're going to pick up one yard and they don't do it? I mean, it didn't work, so it's easy to criticize the play calling, but... Sitting there watching that game live, I thought, just keep running the ball. You're going to get this first down. And yet they didn't. But I'm not the one that Kyle has to yell at, so. What do you want to do, Yak? Break or go to the interview? We're going to take a break. All right, we're waiting for Ty Jordan. He's coming up, and Kyle Whittingham. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Eric Weddle joining us. Where does Big Ben rank with some of the best quarterbacks that you played up against? The biggest thing I can say about Ben and what separates him from the top quarterbacks that I've gone against is he's such a big human being and the way he extends plays. I don't think there's anybody outside of the young guns that are doing it with Russell and Patrick, but before that, like, there's no one that could extend a play by moving around and shrugging guys off and then just make a huge completion to just put a knife in the back of a defense. I mean, he's done it over and over, and I've been on the field where he gets in rhythm and he gets in those modes where there's nothing you can do. He's just going to complete balls. He's going to thread the needle. And, you know, he's been one of the best quarterbacks for a long, long time. And it's, it's great to see him having such success this year. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Utes holding their media availability. Kyle Whittingham coming up in a couple minutes. During the break, we were just notified Ty Jordan has been rescheduled and will be meeting with the media tomorrow. So no Ty Jordan today. Hopefully we'll have that for you tomorrow. Freshman, you got a better revelation this year, PK? Because it's more of a comeback with Britton Covey, not a revelation. We've seen him do this kind of stuff before, break the punt return and electrify the sideline, not the crowd because there is no crowd. Would have electrified the crowd had they been there. Uh, but Ty Jordan's the breakout star, isn't he? Defensively, the guys who are breaking out, we kind of were expecting them to contribute. So Ty's the breakout guy. And the numbers with him have been getting better every week. This was, this was the best one to date. And uh, it didn't sound, we played it for you earlier this morning, uh, Kyle's post-game comments. It didn't sound like he was giving up on the other guys. Devin Brumfield is going to continue to have a role. Uh, if, if I guess if anything, if you look back at that drive, I was just, or the drive, the possession I was just talking about in the uh, previous segment, uh, if you want to sing and guess something, you know, is Brumfeld the guy for third and one and anything inside the five-yard line? That 
He's got a little more size to him. He's more likely to run somebody over and get that extra yard or two you need. So while Ty Jordan will get the majority of the carries, Brumfield will get big short yardage carries. And the stats won't be huge at the end of the day, but hey, if you move the if you move the uh, move the chains and get the first down, if you get into the end zone, those are huge yards. And we'll have to see about Jordan Wilmore. Kyle didn't want to go into why because he never wants to go into why unless it's season ending. But Wilmore wasn't really available, wasn't ready to go for the Oregon State game. But it didn't sound like uh, he was being ruled out for the Colorado game. So we'll see where he fits. But Ty Jordan, in the meantime, was averaging six yards a carry. So. He's the guy. Oh, Ty Jordan is absolutely the guy. Yeah, this is exciting when you consider he's just a freshman. You have four more years, unless he continues to do this, in which case you have two more years. <laughs> well, We're getting all excited about the extra year, but for the best players, it's not going to matter. Because if you're NFL quality, you got to go. For sure. Well, the great thing about Utah is this is what they do. I don't know who, but I know it's somebody. First day of practice, <laughs> walk up there. I don't know who you are, NFL running back, but you're out there somewhere. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you, right? Uh, we're watching a game last night. I'm watching it with my wife, and Tim Patrick has that touchdown play in the end zone. And I, I say, yeah, he went to Utah. I said, but, you know, he didn't do much uh, while he was there. And she says, well, yeah, hardly ever do they ever do much. It's got to be tough for a receiver wanting to go to Utah. <laughs> I mean, so she has cursory knowledge. And I said, yeah, I mean, because I mean, she knows that they put out great running backs. And I said, yeah, Tim Patrick had a lot of injuries, and that, and that caused the issues for him. Uh, but running backs, yeah, who's the next star? And the answer right now is Ty Jordan. I love the way this kid's running. And, uh, you know, it's like he's so short that if there's nothing there, it takes a couple yards before they can even find him. 5 7 Sneaking around behind offensive linemen. Where are you? We have seen linemen or linemen, uh, running backs in that like five six to five nine range have success. That's size is a uh, the NFL has the well, and so does the NBA. You know the measurables. You're supposed to be this tall and weigh this much to really be effective, especially at this position. But at running back, the low center of gravity. It seems like there there is room. You don't have to be. Uh, 6'1", 200 pounds to be a great running back. You get in the 5'8", 5'10", range, 5'7", it can work for you. You look at Ty Jordan, I think pound for pound, he's the best running back in the Pac-12. Thank you, Patrick Bowlerjack. (laughs) The pound for pound thing, he's going to beat that into the ground. It was Britton Covey, it was Ty Jordan. The thing is, he's not, you know, the, the 200 pounds, that's NFL running back. That that's right. That's right in the sweet spot there. It's the five seven, but low center of gravity. Next, just keep moving on. Plus, for a freshman, I mean, you could argue that he's more advanced right now than Zach Moss was when Moss was a freshman. Now, I no, think you can not only argue that. I think that's just a fact. I'm not per- forecasting that he's going to be the all time leading rusher. Zach Moss was great, uh, but you just you've got to be thrilled with his production. In fact, if I look at Utah's football team and I list the positives, that's the number one positive. Over Covey coming back. Covey coming back when healthy, this is the production he gives you. So it's a matter of him being healthy. 
running back I didn't know. I figured it's going to be somebody, but I didn't know who. Well, now, just three games into this crummy season, I know who it is. <laughs> and he'll come back next year, and he figures to be even better. Because if you're a freshman, you figure to be better as a sophomore. It doesn't always happen that way, but most of the time I think it does. And so they've got somebody that they can really build around. Yeah, it's exciting to see what he can do, what he's already done. Just his third game. It took him basically a single game to assert himself. It took him really only two games to become the starter. Three games, a mile of separation. He's your guy. Well, there's no doubt that he caught all our eye in the first game. You know, then and Kyle got asked about it because of that, and it's uh, like you say, it's been it's been a uh, a quick ascension to the point you're getting 27 carries and 167 yards. Yeah, I'm fired up for him. How could you not be? It's obvious. All right. Well, we're waiting for Kyle Whittingham. He ought to be up here uh, pretty soon, and. Uh, Oh, here he is. All right, here's Kyle Whittingham meeting with the media. You can go ahead and uh, get in the queue using the raise hand feature to indicate you'd like to ask a question after the opening comments. Go ahead, Coach. Yeah, it was good to uh, get the win uh, Saturday night. Uh, had a lot of positive things happen in the game. Still have plenty to work on and things that we didn't do so well. But uh, Ty Jordan was a bright spot for the offense. Uh, very productive. Uh, 160 or 70 yards and had a big workload. I think he carried it 27 times. And so it was a breakout game of sorts for Ty. Uh, defense did some good things, got some key stops at the end, which was uh, really, you know, to preserve the win. If we don't get those stops at the end, then who knows what happens. Um, but uh, like I said, it was good to get a win. Uh, we got a short turnaround this week. We got uh, Colorado up in Boulder on Friday night. And so there's no time to uh, savor, savor the win on Saturday. We've got to move on, which we have already done, and uh, get ready for the Buffaloes. So questions? We'll start off with Trevor Allen, followed by Josh Newman. Go ahead, Trevor. Kyle, when, during camp, you, you mentioned how um, the, the uh, defense was obviously really, really new, um, and then you guys had, had a lot coming back on, on offense. How, how do you guys – now, now that you guys are three games into this, are you kind of shocked at, at where the uh, defense is at? Yeah, it hasn't played out exactly as uh, I thought it would. Defense seems to be much more productive and further ahead than than uh, I think any of us thought. And we're not quite as productive on offense as we need to be right now. In fact, we've got a, a ways to go. And so I uh, didn't see that coming based on training camp. And that's why you never really can – put a whole lot of stock in, in what's going on when you're playing against each other uh, continually because you don't get a great perspective. And, and uh, so that's sometimes misleading, but uh, really proud of the, the, uh, the defense and, and particularly the way that the secondary has performed so far. We're, I think we're first or second in the league in, in pass efficiency defense, which is, is pretty good when you consider that secondary is an entire rebuild. So, uh, yeah, it has been a little bit... Uh, Unexpected, but uh, in a good way for the D, and we still need to get untracked offensively. And, and I think we've made progress offensively, but but uh, we still got a ways to go. Next, we'll go to Josh Newman, Salt Lake Tribune, followed by Josh Furlong, KSL.com. Hey, Kyle, good morning. Good morning. 
Um, you guys are no stranger to, you know, short weeks playing on a Friday night, but I am curious, um, how does prep change, uh, you know, playing on a short week one, but also doing it on the road with all the testing and things that need to go on now? Yeah, the testing is uh, definitely an added uh, factor in, in the preparation where that never existed before, but but uh, it's not really that uh, dramatic of a change uh, when you're playing on a Friday. When you're playing on a Thursday, that's a much more compressed time frame and so we we uh are treating today like a hybrid tuesday i guess you could say not quite as physical as a normal tuesday but we'll get out on the field where typically on mondays we don't do much on the field it's more films and lifting and so we just accelerate a day that's the short version is, is everything moves up one day and and uh we should be uh you know, we should be fine then the road trip is an, is an easy trip to boulder it's only about an hour flight so so it's not a, a big uh issue there as well just a quick follow-up on a different topic um assuming that you've seen some film now did you think that the targeting call was legit i wouldn't have called it if i was the official i thought our guy got underneath the uh the headgear of the opposing player and i thought he was trying to get in there with the shoulder and uh so but i'm not an official but if i was an official i wouldn't call it i'm not saying i'm right that's just my own opinion uh, fortunately, we get Malone, it happened in the first half, so we'll get Malone back uh, for this game, and uh, that'll be important to us. He's our he's our starting nickel. Next, we'll go to Josh Furlong, followed by Patrick Kinahan. The offense obviously fed the ball to Ty Jordan and Brant Keithy a lot on Saturday, and for good reason. They they did a lot with it, but you know, in the you know, how do you how do you go about distributing the ball to other? other people you know somebody like let's say a solomon enos or or some other the backers or other re wide receivers like how do you how do you figure that into the player is it really just who's who's ever doing the best at that time i think the latter and more of a week-to-week -week thing uh some weeks uh the matchups favor you know one person or a couple of players and some weeks it's it's different guys and so uh, this last week uh, ty jordan was you know, from the onset he was ripping off uh, big runs and i think at one point he had over 10 yards of carry until late in the game when we got in those short yarded situations and and he had a few carries where uh that, that netted nothing but but he's always going to be uh you know a guy that uh you know based on what we've seen in three games he's going to be a guy that's going to get his hand his share of touches and as brant keithy as well you know we know his his uh track record he's a proven commodity um covey is another guy that uh, is going to get touches and and then we got to get the wide receivers a little more involved. We were down a couple wide receivers last week, at least uh, they weren't full strength. And so when our receiving core is completely healthy, it's it's a weapon for us as well. But they've been a little banged up lately. But but some weeks, uh, some guys get more touches than uh, than others, and and uh, that is a like I said, a matchup thing. And depending on uh, where where we feel we got the uh, the best advantage. Next, we'll go to Patrick Kinahan, followed by David James. Go ahead, PK. Yeah, you got the early signing period, I think, coming up in a couple of weeks. With this being a free year, what are your plans in terms of the number of guys you plan to sign? Well, the signing day is coming up in nine days. As a matter of fact, it's a week from Wednesday. And so we are right now scheduled to sign uh, 17 players, and that would include one return missionary. And so 16 new guys and one guy that committed to us a couple of years back that is now back and ready to uh, join the team. So 17 total, 16 new, one from two years ago. Was that the entire question? Yeah, thanks. Okay. Okay, next we'll go to David James, followed by Trevor Allen. 
Kyle, I'm, I'm curious in the fourth quarter, uh, when you were, uh, going three and out there, those short yardage run situations, uh, you, you mentioned play calling after the game, but now that you've looked at the film, you know, the, the run game's been so good and the numbers are so good, except in the short yardage. Is it the personnel? Is it the play calling running, you know, off tackle or something? Is it the numbers they're putting in the box? What, what all goes into something going wrong when it's been going so right? Yeah, it's a combination of things. There's not just one thing, uh, but it was disappointing that we ran the ball so well, except when we really had to. When we had to, we didn't seem to, to make much hay now. Uh, there was, uh, you know, we missed a hole uh, on one of the plays. The, the, the big, biggest disappointment or the biggest, the most disappointing series when we had the ball uh, just about midfield, there was about four minutes left and Ty Jordan rips off a nine yard run on first down. So we get to second one and then three consecutive times we get stopped. Uh, second, or third and one, second one, third and one, fourth and one. But uh, I think it was the third and one that we had a hole and we just missed the hole. Ty, the young running back, just uh, misread it. And uh, it was there. It was a, it was a gimme first down. But but uh, you're right. We we. We, I don't, well, you're not right, but the point you bring up is exactly correct that uh, we've got to be a little more creative on uh, in those short yard situations and uh, have a few different alternatives than just running the inside zone play. And uh, that's up to us as coaches to get that fixed. And, and that was, uh, you know, there was some things coming out of that game, like I said earlier, that we definitely need to work on. And that was one of them, the four minute offense and short yardage, uh, which is, you know, inclusive in that red zone offense. We had uh, three trips in the red zone early in the game, field goal, field goal, field goal, which uh, can't happen. You know, if you nine, nine, nothing is a heck of a lot different than 21, nothing. And, and we had a chance to break the game open early and didn't do it. And we had some open, some wide open guys just, just missed them. But, but uh, there's a lot of things coming out of that game that we need to work on and, and uh, we'll address it and continue to, to uh, try to get better. Trevor Allen followed by Josh Newman. Kind of going off of what uh, Josh asked earlier about Malone, but uh, you know him him not not playing against Washington, and then um, you know him not not playing in that second half, and then uh, Clark Phillips moves over to nickel. I know you guys weren't in that package for the whole game against Oregon State, but for you know you you've actually said that that nickel is a very hard position to play. How do you feel Clark did in those two games of having to play nickel? Did a great job, and, and given the circumstances and and being thrust in there. And having not a lot of practice reps, we always try to keep them tuned up uh, you know, during the week with a few reps at nickel just in case. And uh, last couple of weeks, we we learned on Friday uh, before the Washington game that we wouldn't have Malone, so he he had 24-hour notice that he was going to be playing nickel. And then uh, this last game, obviously, it was uh, in game when when uh, the change needed to be made. But but Clark has been a, a very good player for us so far this year. We're only three games in, but. But him and uh, Fabian Marks and Nate Ritchie, all three of those true freshman kids have, have done a good job and, and uh, we're excited about their future. Josh Newman followed by David James. Sorry, can you hear me? Yes, now, gotcha. Sorry. Um, with, with Ty having a track and field background, right, he was a 10-5 guy in high school, um, is that something that maybe you look for sometimes in recruiting, that speed, kids who have a track background? Is that something that you can work with? Without a doubt. That, that comes into play with all the skill positions you recruit. And if you're recruiting a skill position guy, and particularly wide receiver and corner that doesn't have a track background, 
a lot of times that's a red flag because guys that run fast love to run and they love to display it in the, in the track season. And so if a guy has not run track, that's a skill guy, you better do your homework because sometimes that means that his top end is not, not what it needs to be. And uh, that's, that's a big factor in recruiting, like I said, the, the perimeter and it comes into play at running back as well. And, and that's one of Ty's biggest assets is his speed and his quickness. Quickness is every bit as important for a running back as, as top end. And so that always uh, is examined and delved into when you're looking at uh, skill players. Quick follow-up, just, you know, with Colorado, uh, you know, they're having a fine season, maybe better than some people expected. Just what are your um, early thoughts on Colorado as you start prepping? Yeah, good football team, undefeated, uh, 4-0, and uh, they're doing some good things. The quarterback, fifth-year senior, is doing a nice job running the offense. The tailback is, is productive, uh, solid O-line, solid receivers, uh, defense, uh, doing good things, uh, primarily even front, about two-thirds even front, one-third odd front, uh, zone pressure. They're doing a good job with their zone blitzes, um, mainly single high uh, on early downs, uh, good defensive end, good linebacker. And so they got a lot of things going for them right now, and they're 4-0, so what can you say? I mean, they've, they've, uh, they've been taking care of business. And next we'll go to David James. Kyle, how does that happen? Because there's been so much change there. Three coaches in three years. There really weren't the expectations. What pieces of the puzzle has that coaching staff kind of been able to fit together to get to this point so quickly in what's obviously such a difficult year for coaching staffs? Yeah, well, this year's weird all the way around. I mean, there's things happening that uh, every week that that are bizarre in my estimation. You know, it's just, it's a crazy year. And so... Uh, I would say in their situation, the cupboard was not left bare. They had a lot of good players uh, when uh, the last coach moved on and the last coach moved on on his own accord. You know, he wasn't let go or anything because of uh, lack of success. And so uh, they're just building upon what uh, what was started last year. And they've done a nice job and their they're players have, uh, they're playing hard. And, and uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's all lined up for them so far. You know, they're, they're doing a good job. Okay, anything else for Coach Whittingham? Thank you very much. All right, there's Kyle Whittingham and his uh, his weekly uh, chat with the uh, with the media right there, PK. Your takeaways from this one? He'll be on again tomorrow. Uh, so it's uh, this week. It's more than weekly, as I read their thing. I think it is tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I thought it'd be cool to have me get on, but now you got to steal the thunder and you got to do it too. And of course, you have to one up me by asking two questions. That is just so you. <laughs> I was on for, for a, the first few I weeks. Was, I was on for a Colorado question there at the end because there hadn't been one, and then Josh asked right before. So yeah. Yeah, so it's been one. Whatever I do, you have to copy. You're a copycat talk show host. Took me a while to figure out how to do I, that while I'm on the air. I liked it better when you were out sick. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's why I wasn't on for two days. <laughs> no, I actually I hate it, man. Not my normal role. Lincoln Kennedy was laughing with me. I said to him, I said, yeah, because he's done sports radio. He just mm-hmm. doesn't do the analyzing thing. He's actually done sports radio. And I said, you, you know my role. And I said, DJ describes my role as sit in the back of the bus and shoot spit wads. But now I have to take on this role. And you know what's up. He says, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 
when I fill in in the afternoon and whoever, you know, it's been Jake the last couple of times, but whoever has been over the years, do you want to? No, you do it. I want the PK roll. <laughs> Just chime in whenever, whenever I think I got something. And now, I would say listen to that, that if I had to give Kyle, and I know Kyle's dying to get advice from me. I mean, that's probably at the top of his list today is to get advice from me. But I would dial it down on the public criticism of the play calling. I would dial that way back. You know, once he looks at the film, he sees, well, the running back missed a hole. Well, then it wasn't a terrible play call if the hole was there. And the field goals early in the game, that wasn't play calling either. There were receivers open for tight. Well, it was the same receiver twice, open for a touchdown. And it wasn't that hard to throw. You know, maybe the play calling's a problem. If you're trying to hit a fade in the end zone, you got to parachute that ball right in there over the DB, but not throw the receiver out of bounds where he's got to go out of bounds to catch the ball. You know, these were relatively simple throws, and the guy was pretty wide open, and they missed him. So I don't think those problems are play calling. Especially when you go back and identify that there was a hole there and the running back missed it. Which, I didn't have time to say this before. I was about to say this. Um, and then Kyle sat down, so we couldn't get to it. But then Kyle confirmed it. You were, you were making the Zach Moss comparison, right? That he's better than Zach early. Who knows if he'll be as good as Zach when it's all said and done. Because you got to improve a lot, and you got to stay healthy, and you got to stay consistent, and those things aren't givens. But I know you remember this, PK, because you were on the sideline. You were at the game, and Zach Moss missed a hole at the goal line in Berkeley with the game on the line against Cal. They were down by five. He goes in the end zone, they win the game. And he runs the wrong way, and he gets stuffed, and they lose the game. And it was right at the end of the game. So a freshman running back who's good and has massive potential, but he runs the wrong way when they need one yard, and this was for a first down, and that was for a touchdown, but still, they need one yard. Not that surprising. We've seen this story before. Hopefully he'll figure it out the way Zach did, because Zach didn't run the wrong way very often after that. No, he did not. Yeah, so that's why this year is so awesome for the Utes because it doesn't really even count. So he's going to learn to where next year I put them no lower than two in my preseason poll. USC won because they're going to have a gazillion athletes or ASU won? Or UCLA's turning it around, baby. ASU won. Have you? The guy is thirteen and thirteen against D one competition. His goal is to lose close games. He's the best at losing close games. Why in the world would I pick ASU one? So USC or UCLA? Well, USC. I have to see who's coming back. Yeah, absolutely. So I I can't pick that. I know Ty Jordan's coming back. Yeah. Uh, so and and. and I have to – so it's, it's way too premature. I probably shouldn't have said that. But the point being is that this year – They're going to be is, good. For the Utah perspective, which is what we care about the most, there's the whole idea is to get training for next season. And they're getting this training. Sure, I get Kyle in the moment. He He's a coach, man. You're playing to win the game, to steal the Herm quote. And so they won the game, but it was a sloppy win. And so he gets on the post game, and he's fired up. He's real. He's got raw emotion. So he says stuff. And so, yeah, back off a little bit on Andy Ludwig because Andy Ludwig has been awesome for you guys. But it's all in the moment. You have to have the con- contextual nature of what is being said at the time it's being 
being said. And I really think that part of the issues with all this screwiness is because they don't know who's practicing from day to day. They don't know who's available. Everything is so out of whack. And if you list of all the conferences that is so out of whack, the, the most twelve <laughs> is the wackiest of the wacky. The most out of whack. Yeah. The most wackedness right there, Pac-12, how you doing? Right. That's why I'm advocating that when they get rid of Larry Scott, they hire Tom Homo. That was a good call by you. Things that won't happen, but that would be awesome. I wonder if Tom would want that. Why wouldn't he? Be a new challenge. He, well, his pay would go way up. All right. <laughs> yeah. Tom, straight cash. <laughs> well, obviously. I'm not calling man. the BYUAD homie. I know the quote. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Based on the money we they we're seeing Larry Scott make, yeah, he's making exactly. some Yeah. <laughs> Party of Tom's. Tom, put in a pool. Let's go. Put we in another get, pool. We can get to this in the coming weeks, but sports person of the year in twenty twenty in the state of Utah, it's Tom Homo. Well, that just wrecked a good show. Come on, PK. Oh, well, good. yeah, but we just have a selection of listeners. We've got many segments. Uh-huh. And we, so I'm putting that out there now. A lot of people tell you what, what did happen. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. And so if I'm the Pac-12, and there's been plenty of ADs who've become commissioners. It has happened. It has. Yeah. yeah. Bowlesby was the, the dude at uh, Stanford, was he not? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. So, yeah, and, and when you look at it, they need somebody who knows how to run a conference and what, well, they just uh, need some common sense. BYU is a conference of one. They just need some common sense. We got a game changer. Let's do nothing for two more weeks. Oh, uh, makes sense. No, no, no. And and that's part of the wackiness. And so, who's available? Who's not available? But I give them credit for trying. We know moving SC and Washington State to last night, and we know that Cal. And the Bruins played on that Saturday, Sunday, Sunday morning. morning yeah. So they I got I mean, the Utah Washington matchup but, on short notice. But, but but you look at with Cal. I mean, come on, they're they're not practicing. They don't have team meetings together. They haven't been, they haven't been for a good long while. They weren't even indoors as a team. They're doing stuff. What do you expect them to do? The and most, it took them a few yeah. games to get going, and then when they get going, they beat Washington. The most twisted, distorted league is the Pac-12. The runner-up is the Mountain West, and the bronze medal goes to the Big Ten. I mean, everybody's jacked up to some degree, but those are your leaders right there. I mean, nobody's truly playing the, the 12 games, four non-conference, eight conference, so everything's messed up, and everybody's had games postponed. So that stuff's across the board. But the Pac-12 is playing the shortest season with uh, teams moving games around. The Mountain West Conference has had to move games, right? San Jose has moved practice up to Humboldt State, and now they're moving a game to UNLV, and New Mexico's moved games to UNLV. And the Big Ten's got a pretty short season as well. All right, coming up, Jay Drew, BYU football writer, also now covering Utah basketball for the D News. We will talk with Jay at 9 o'clock. The Utes and the Cougars are playing hoops next weekend, and we'll look back at the trip to Coastal Carolina. Jay got to go to Myrtle Beach. We'll talk to him about that. DJ and PK, he's coming up in 15 minutes. Stay with us. The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Football Fridays, Coach Macalema Harrington. We're here at the warehouse. Tom Alema said he was a little bit jealous. Well, just a little. Having a Lemma deal. 
<laughs> a lemma special. Okay. I've got about 10 love seats. Ha-ha! Hey, what do you think, Coach? That's huh? just what you need is a yes. love seat. A love, a love, love seat. A love there service. is nothing wrong with cuddling on a love seat. Okay, well, I... I Cuddle with my wife and watch a movie. Yeah, I agree with yeah. that. My wife is practicing social distance. <laughs> <laughs> She's been doing that for 25 years, right? I was waiting for Gordon to pop in on that one. <laughs> The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. And now, your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer, strong play of the weekend. Here comes Carr, steps back. Now he comes up, going to fire again. Left side, going for Ruggs. Ruggs has got it. Touchdown. Jackpot, baby. Vegas touchdown. Vegas touchdown. Jackpot. And away. Brent Musburger with the Chevy Strong play of the game. The Raiders messed that thing up 30 different ways and then bailed themselves out with a last-second touchdown and to beat the Jets. The Jets still don't have a win, although the good news is they still have the top pick in the draft, presumably. Looks like it. 31-28, Raiders win. How about being 81 years old and calling it like that? I know, right? Absolutely, sign me up for that. Pretty impressive. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff going on during an NFL game, so to follow it and be able, if you can't, you would it would show up pretty quick. You know, you just it would show up pretty quick. Yep. So uh, that is the Chevy Strong play of the game. Know it today at 450, 450 on the Big Show, and you can win fabulous prizes. All right, uh, we're going to get back to uh, BYU football with Jay Drew, BYU football writer for the D News, Utah basketball writer. Uh, anything else uh, for the folks who are NFL fans who are dialed in? Anything you want to share from that weekend? Taysom Hill is 3-0, positioned if Drew Brees retires to be the guy. Now, Brees just broke 11 ribs. He might be back next week. They showed him warming up before the game. Maybe he'll be out for another week. Uh, if Breeze retires, I think Hill's the quarterback. I think that's it. The question is, how will Breeze play, and will the Saints put two hands in the back and kind of help move him out the door a little bit? I think that is the question we're all going to be watching for later this month. Yeah, it's funny because you got the Steve Young thing going on with Taysom Hill and another BYU quarterback behind a Hall of Famer, a legend, because obviously Drew Breeze is waltzing right into the Hall of Fame. Now, Drew Breeze... A couple of things. Steve Young was clearly ready. I'm not sure Taysom Hill can play at the level where we were pretty sure Steve Young could play at the level. So it's a different situation there. But Sean Payton is, you know, Andy Reid, deservedly so. Andy Reid gets a ton of run for what he's done. And obviously he's a Hall of Fame coach. But Sean Payton is right there, too. Uh, no doubt about it. And as you said earlier this morning, he's 8-0 and zero the last two years with backup QBs, which says something about what they've got going. And having Michael Thomas back, obviously, is a huge difference <laughs> Positive. for the Saints because he's really good. And I think Taysom is – the thing that I've liked about him and watching him in, in these games is that his pocket presence is – he looks like an NFL quarterback. We know – he can run like a gazelle. I mean, the yeah, guy he had a big just, run. He had a yeah, big run early in that game. It was his longest, longest ever, right? Yeah. 43, they said. And he can do that. We know he can do that. Of all people, we know he can do that. But what the thing that I like is that he's not looking to do it, at least in my uh, amateur observation, he's not looking to do it as quickly and as often as he did in college. 
And so he looks the part. When he's throwing the ball like that touchdown, his first touchdown pass, I mean, the guy was wide open, obviously, but he just gets back in the pocket, looks it, sees the guy doing the crossing pattern, boom, throws him the ball. It looks, he looks the part right now is what I'm trying to say. Passes the eyeball test, and he hasn't always done that. Right. Uh, The other just kind of sidebar thrown to Michael Thomas, who we all know is uh, really good, and he's put up a lot of stats and all that stuff. But... um, Urban Meyer mentioned him. Did you see that? Uh, he got a shout out from Urban Meyer, <laughs> but it was kind of Taysom or Thomas. Uh, Michael Thomas, okay. and, but it was kind of a. Uh, it wasn't totally a compliment. I mean, he meant it as a compliment, but he's like, yeah, he, he's not very good. Or kind of like, what? I, he wasn't very good at. Uh, Urban's point was he he came in as an athlete, but he didn't come in as a good receiver, and that. He put in a phenomenal amount of work, and you know, Urban's all about the work and really respects it, and calls out people who don't do it. But it what it did kind of catch my ear when he said it. I, at first, I was kind of like, "Wow, you're kind of dumping on him," and then you realize, no, it's Urban. This is actually the ultimate compliment um, that he's got a lot of respect for your your you you weren't. Um, I can't say you weren't born to be a wide receiver because you got to have size and you got to have speed and he's six three and he runs. But that the work he put into becoming a good route runner, becoming a good receiver, becoming a good blocker, Urban gave him a shout out for that. Okay, it was a little bit of a, a little bit of shock when he did it though. But uh, as good an athlete as he is, you got to give him a hundred percent credit for uh, film room stuff. Uh, making sure the football IQ, the work ethic, and all of that matches up with the athleticism. But in Urban's mind, it absolutely does. Those things aren't just uh, – the things he's doing on the field aren't just happening just because they're happening. They're happening because he's put in the time and he's earned it. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Jay Drew, BYU football writer and Utah basketball writer for the D News, joins us next. <laughs> 